This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program, my friend. This week, we have wonderful programs prepared for you. Once a year, I answer your difficult questions, and I always do it with my son, Joel. Denise and I have three sons. Paul, who is our eldest son, pastors the Moscow Good News Church, which is one of the biggest Protestant churches in Moscow, Russia. Our son, Philip, who is our middle son, has a traveling ministry and travels all over the world to preach and teach. And Joel, our youngest son, is the CEO of our ministry, and he's also very gifted with his insights to the Bible. And once a year, Joel and I sit right here and we answer questions that you have sent to me. And that is what we're going to be doing every day this week. And today, we're going to be answering questions you've sent to me about the end times. It's really going to be good. But order the whole series. You will just devour it. It's called Rick Renner Answers Your Difficult Questions, and it comes with a study guide. Everything we're going to be discussing this week is in this series. So if you hear us discuss something and you say, wow, I wish I had that, well, here it is. Just go online and order it or give us a call. And please remember that when you reach out to us, we're waiting to know how to pray for you. We really are praying people. Just this morning, I was praying for our partners. I was praying for our TV viewers. We really are people of prayer. We want the Word of God to do its miraculous work in your life. And if you'll reach out to us and let us know how to pray for you by calling us or by going online, the moment we hear from you, we're really going to begin to pray for you, whatever it is that's on your heart. But Joel and I will be back in just a moment. Think you know the Christmas story? A babe in a manger, three wise men, and a few lowly shepherds. But did you know that's just part of the story? In Rick Renner's timeless new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, Rick uncovers the stunning details of the nativity story you've never heard. Like how many wise men there could have been, how far they would have traveled, and why Herod was troubled at the news of the birth of a new king. When I was growing up, I heard the same Christmas story year after year, and I loved it. When I got older, I found treasures in the Christmas story that no one had shared with me. That's what is in this book, and I wrote it to share with you and for you to share with those whom you love. When you call or go online right now to pre-order this book for just $35, you'll receive the timeless story of Christmas, now beautifully told in this landmark Christmas keepsake. Through its detailed watercolor illustration, Christmas, the rest of the story, invites families to explore the true meaning of Christmas as they interact with the story across the stunning hand-drawn pages. Bound in a hardcover, large-format book, you'll create a family tradition that will last for generations. Great as a gift or for enhancing your own traditions, pre-order the book today, Christmas, the rest of the story, for just $35. Call now or go to renner.org to order. Don't miss this special Christmas offer. Welcome back to the program. Today it's me and Joel Renner. We're already sitting here having a good time with each other. Actually, Joel, we always have a good time. We really do. So proud of Paul pastoring the Moscow church and what Philip is doing around the world. And wow, Joel, thank you for helping me 
to build our TV ministry to reach people all over the planet. We really believe Proverbs 10 verse 21, which says the lips of the righteous feed many. And we believe that is our assignment, is to bring teaching that people can trust to them all over the world. And thank you for helping us to do it. But this week, Joel, we're answering difficult questions which people have sent to me. And today we're dedicated to the subject of end time questions. So let's begin with question number one. Question number one, why do you believe so strongly in the rapture? Well, Joel, I do believe in the rapture. I'm a very strong believer in the rapture. But what's amazing is the moment you say you're a believer in the rapture, there's a whole chorus of voices that get upset because so many people today do not believe in the rapture and they even jest and make fun of us who do believe in it. And that's really a fulfillment of prophecy because in 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, Peter said, when you come to the very end of the age, there will be people who will mock those who believe in the rapture and in the coming of the Lord. So every time I see people mocking me or saying that I'm a false teacher because I believe in the rapture, I just say, well, there's a fulfillment of Peter's prophecy. We're living at the end of the age and people are questioning the coming of the Lord. They're questioning the rapture of the church. But Joel, it's one of the clearest teachings in the New Testament. In fact, if you'll open your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, listen to what Paul wrote about the end of the age and the rapture of the church. Now, people get upset because they say the word rapture is not in the New Testament. Well, let me show it to you. So let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and we're going to begin in verse 15. Paul writes, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede them which are asleep. It's talking about those who have died in Christ. Verse 16, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then you come to verse 17. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And this is so important that then Paul adds in verse 18, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. But when you look at verse 17, it says, Shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That is a description of the rapture of the church. The problem is the word rapture does not appear in the verse. It says caught up. It's the same word. It's the Greek word harpazo, which means to seize just in the nick of time. And notice we're going to be evacuated. We're going to be caught up into the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. I don't know how anybody can argue with that. That is clearly what the Bible says. And I have a whole series that you ought to get, which is called The Coming of the Antichrist. And in this series, which comes with a great study guide, I go through these verses. We exegete them verse by verse, word by word. I lay it all out for you so that you will see clearly this is in our future. The Lord is going to descend from the air into the lower atmosphere, that trumpet's going to blast. A great shout is going to be shouted. And suddenly in a moment, we're going to be caught up. The scripture clearly says to meet the Lord in the clouds, in the air. That is the rapture of the church. But hey, 
there's another really pivotal verse about this, and it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, so let me read it to you. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 51, Paul writes, Behold, I show you a mystery. This is one of the reasons people have a problem with the rapture. It's a mystery. They can't wrap their heads around it. But hey, there have been many raptures in history. The Bible tells us Enoch was raptured. Elijah was raptured. Jesus was raptured. This is not new. God has done this before, but there's an ultimate rapture that's in front of us when the church is going to be caught up. But listen to this. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. So if this is hard for you to understand, that's okay. It's a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Well, when are we going to be changed? Verse 52, in a moment. Do you know what the Greek says? In the twinkling of an eye, an atomic moment of time, an indivisible moment of time. That's how fast this is going to happen. At the last trump, for the trump shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That is Paul's further commentary on the resurrection of the dead and the rapture. Some of us will not taste death. We're going to be raptured, and in that moment, our bodies are going to be gloriously changed. Joel, it's one of the clearest teachings of the New Testament, and I don't know how anybody can question it. Question number two. Question number two. What do you believe is the biggest single challenge facing the church today and in the next years? Well, I'm just going to tell you real straight. I believe the biggest question, the biggest challenge facing the modern church is the LGBTQ movement and transgenderism. And the reason that I believe that is because the genie is out of the bottle. If they had kept this thing under wraps, it would be easier to deal with it. But now it's out. And pastors are going to have to deal with the fact that there are gay people in their churches who are going to claim that it's okay to be gay and to love Jesus. People are already claiming that. And if it has not come to your church yet, well, just get ready because it's coming to your church. We're living in a world that is being modified by the spirit of the age. And because Christians don't know the teaching of the Bible, they don't know what's right. They don't know what's wrong. They think that if you take a stand against something, that you're narrow-minded and you're being mean. But in fact, we're just standing on the side of Scripture. We're saying what's right and we're saying what's wrong. But I believe that in the near future, pastors are going to have to really come to grips with this issue and not just the LGBTQ movement, also transgenderism, because so many people today are going through gender reassignment surgeries, their brains are being modified to believe that this is okay. People in church even have children that are claiming to be a sex different than they were born with. And I believe this is really going to be a dividing line in the modern church. There's going to be pastors who are going to take a position. They're going to say, this is wrong. We will not endorse this. There are going to be other pastors who are going to accommodate it. Maybe they don't really believe in it, but they don't want to look like they're narrow-minded, so they'll accommodate it. Maybe they'll be silent. But this will be the dividing line, I believe, in the next decade of the church, where people will begin to declare who they really are, what they really believe. Are they going to stand by Scripture, or are they going to go with the modification of the spirit of the age? And the law is against those who stand by Scripture in this particular respect. This may result in persecution, and that shouldn't surprise us.
Because in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said one of the marks of the end of the age is the church is going to be persecuted. Well, the American church and the Western church has not known a lot of persecution. The church in other parts of the world have known a lot of persecution, but now it's coming home in a different way and people are beginning to experience the brunt of the law, society demanding that they conform, even school boards are bringing books to their young, young children, teaching them to accept that they can change their gender and parents are trying to figure out what to do. And I really believe that this moral question is going to be the dividing line for the modern church. It's unfortunate. It's crazy that it would even happen, but that is where we are headed. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, the number one sign that you've come to the end of the age. It's not Israel. It's not earthquakes. It's not famines. All of those are key signs. But Jesus said, behold, that no man deceive you. The word behold means wow, wow, wow. It's almost like Jesus was trying to jolt and jar the listeners to really understand what he was saying. Behold, pay attention, really understand. Don't let anyone deceive you. And that word deceive is the Greek word planeo, which means to morally lead off track. It's not just spiritual deception. It is a moral deception. And in fact, that word deceive, the Greek word planeo, was the very word used by rabbis to describe a time at the end of the age when demon spirits would be released in the earth that would create delusional thinking. That's the day we're living in. People believe delusional thinking. Isaiah chapter 5 verse 20 prophesied it when Isaiah said a day would come when people would call light darkness and they would call darkness light. They would call good bad, bad good. We're living in that day when people are confused and that's because we're living in a reprobate age. Now, Joel, when you use the word reprobate, people think, oh, that's pretty severe. Well, you need to understand what the word reprobate means. The word reprobate is the Greek word adokimos. It describes a mind that was created to be brilliant in many aspects, but now something has happened to it. It's been bombarded so many times again and again and again and again and again that the mind has become... <laughs> malfunctioning. It doesn't think the way that it once thought. Now it's been modified to think in a brand new way. And what we find is that when you have reprobate thinking, you really believe something wrong is right. And when it comes to this issue of transgenderism and the gay movement, if you listen to the people who are endorsing it, they really believe what they are saying. I do not question their sincerity, but their minds are ill-affected. They're already thinking in a reprobate manner. And Jesus said at the end of the age, deception is going to come to the whole world. It's going to be the age of reprobate or delusional thinking. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I answered a lot in that one simple question. Next. Question number four. Where do you see society going in the soon coming years? Well, let's open our Bible to 2 Thessalonians where the Apostle Paul tells us where society is going to go at the end of the age. And when you come to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul writes, Let no man deceive you, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. So we find there's going to be a falling away. Well, what does that mean? The Greek word apostasia, which describes a worldwide mutiny against the law of God, a throwing off of the law, 
a throwing off of old established ways of thinking, a new progressive way of thinking, a woke way of thinking. My friends, we're living in the fulfillment of this scripture. That is what the Bible says is going to happen at the very end of the age. Wow. It says eventually the man of sin will be revealed. But when you go down to verse 5, The Apostle Paul said to the Thessalonians, Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things? Paul believed understanding this was so important that he told it to the Thessalonians, and now he's telling us. He says, And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. What's keeping the Antichrist from being revealed right now? This verse says something is withholding the revelation or the appearance of, of the Antichrist, this is going to lead us back to the rapture of the church. Then it says in verse 7, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he that now letteth, or he that now restrains, or he that withholds will continue to do that until he be taken out of the way. The Greek says till he be removed right out of the middle of everything. And here Paul is talking about the church. As long as the church is in the world, we are a restraining force. Our voice is holding back evil. The preaching of the Word of God is restraining evil. Remove the church. Remove the voice of the church. And what do you think would happen? Evil would just rush in immediately. And that day is coming. But it's not going to come until the church is removed. We're going to be evacuated. That takes us back to the rapture of the church. But when you come to verse 11... Paul says what's going to happen in society at the end of the age. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. For what cause? They heard the preaching, they heard the word of God, and they chose to reject it and go another way. And God says, since you've chosen to reject it and go another way, I'll just let you have whatever you wish. And God releases to them what they want to believe, And here it's called delusional thinking that they should even believe a lie. And Joel, this takes me back to the idea of transgenderism, to believe that you're a man, but in fact, you're just, really, you're a woman just trapped in a man's body. Or to believe that you are a woman trapped in a man's body, so you begin to surgically modify your body to match your delusion. My friends, this is wrong. Even science today is promoting a lie. The Bible said it would happen at the end of the age. And the rabbis said that when this deception was released in the earth, it would be a sign that you've come to the very end of the age when the world at large began to embrace delusional thinking. I think that is amazing. And I've written a book that you need to have. If you don't have it, please get it. It's called Last Day's Survival Guide, in which I deal with so many of these issues I wrote this because we need to know how to survive, but the subtitle says survive and thrive. We can survive and we can even thrive in the worst of times. And we're not living in these times by accident. God chose us. He called us. He anointed us to live in this particular segment of time. And my friends, we are anointed for it. We know the word of God. This is our season to rise to the moment. Amen. Next question. Amen. Number four. What do you believe will happen in the church? What do I believe is going to happen in the church? Well, several things are happening and several things will continue to happen. And I knew that Joel was going to answer that question. So I'm going to read to you from my book called No Room for Compromise, Christ's Message to Today's Church. If you do not have a copy of this, why not? This is an amazing book. It is full color. 
It is simply a spectacular book. This particular book is dedicated to everything that Christ said to the church of Pergamum. But I want to read to you what I wrote on one particular page because I don't believe that I can improve on what I wrote. Listen to this, Joel. What's going to happen to the church in the end of the age? All right, are you ready? Here we go. It's no secret that the spiritual environment in the world is undergoing a radical change right now. Unfortunately, what we currently see and feel is only the beginning of the rift that's developing within the church. Unless a major revival occurs, this rift will only grow deeper and wider. And if repentance doesn't melt the hearts of people throughout the church world, it will eventually seem like there are three churches. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Three churches. Number one, a church that holds fast to the truth and that faces the brunt of opposition because it refuses to bend. That's the one that I'm a part of. Church number two, a church in the middle trying to ride the fence through accommodation or compromise in order to avoid persecution and societal rejection. And church number three, a lukewarm Laodicean-like church that has allowed compromise to run its full course, stripping it completely of the power of God and leaving Jesus standing on the outside. So there's going to be three kinds of churches that emerge at the end of the age. That's the age we're living in. And I want to ask you, which one are you going to be a member of? Make your choice wisely. Next. Question number five. And these next questions might be a little off topic. Okay. Why do you use the King James Version? I use the King James Version because it's still the Bible that is most widely used. It's not perfect. You have to understand that every version is a translation of an original text. And so it's somebody restating what the original Greek says. But I simply use the King James Version because it's so loved. I grew up on it. And most people still relate to the King James Version. Next question. Why don't you use your platforms to address political issues? Because I don't believe I'm called to do it. I think some people are. I say, bravo. If somebody feels called to use their public platform to address political issues, that is their right. I applaud them for what they do, and it takes real bravery to do it. But I know that for me, that's not my assignment. I am not to go there, and you have never seen me go there. Now, I will take a stand on moral issues. I've done that in this program today. That's the job of a preacher. That's the job of this preacher. But if other people feel to use their platforms to address political issues, go for it. Bravo, I'll pray for you. Just do it in the spirit of Jesus. But I just know that's not my assignment. But Joe, we're out of time. But we're going to come back tomorrow. It's going to be fun. So we'll see you tomorrow. But I'll be back in just a few moments. And Joel and I are going to pray for you. Once a year, Rick Renner takes a full week to answer difficult questions sent in from people who watch his programs. Rick dives deep into these questions to answer them as honestly as possible. People love these programs because Rick really answers the questions that they've been asking. In this series, Rick Renner answers your difficult questions. Rick answers questions like, why don't you use your platforms to address political issues? What do you believe is the biggest single challenge facing the church today and in the next years? What if I don't agree with the direction my church is headed? Do all the promises God spoke to Israel apply to believers today? Why are there four Gospels and what is the difference between them? This eye-opening five-part series is available in digital or physical format starting at just $10. 
And right now, every regularly priced item in the online store is on sale for 30% off. That's right, every regularly priced item at renner.org is 30% off. And we're excited to also offer you Rick's beautiful new book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story, for a special new release price of $35. It's a book you will want to share with friends and family at this time of the year. This hardcover, 300-page, fully illustrated book is a keepsake that friends and family will pass on to future generations. Don't miss this special offer. This series, Rick Renner Answers Your Difficult Questions, and the beautiful book, Christmas, The Rest of the Story. Call the number on your screen or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now. This week, take advantage of our two-week cyber sale. We're offering a 30% discount on all our resources. That's right, 30% off everything in our Renner.org store. Go to Renner.org right now and save on all your favorite teachings by Rick and Denise. Now is the time to order the products you've been waiting for. Go to Renner.org today and save big on books, CDs, study guides, and more. Go to Renner.org to order. Hey friends, this is Rick Renner and today I am standing in the foyer of Rick Renner Ministries in Tulsa, Oklahoma and I just wish I could pick you up and bring you here to see all the wonderful ministry that is happening in this facility where we receive thousands and thousands of phone calls from people just like you who reach out to us for prayer and for teaching they can trust. Proverbs 10, 21 says, the lips of the righteous feed many. And we know that's our job. Our job is to feed many. And I wanna say thank you to you for everything you've helped us do with your giving. You helped us construct our studio, purchase this building. And now in phase three of our ministry expansion program, we're wanting to pay this facility off so we can liberate all that money to take the teaching of the Bible around the world on additional channels and venues. And by being a part of our giving team, you can really help us make this happen. If you're not already a part of our giving team, please pray about joining us. And together we can join hands and through teaching of the Bible and by ministering to people that reach out to us and by sending teaching products around the world, we can really change people's lives. And it's amazing to me that today it's never been easier to make an impact in somebody else's life right from where you are. So thank you for praying about being a part of our giving team. And the moment you join, I want you to really expect the power of God to show up in your life. Today, Joel and I have been addressing your end time questions that you have sent to me. But when we come back tomorrow, we're going to be addressing the subject of the church, problems in the church, what you should do if you're in a church, and maybe you feel you should start going to another church, or even how to get started in the ministry. It's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow, Joel, but thank you for being with me, son, and thank you for being with us. And remember that right now we're offering you this series called Rick Renner Answers Your Difficult Questions, and it comes with a study guide. And when you reach out to us, let us know how to pray for you, because we really believe in prayer. And right now, Joel and I are going to join hands, and we want to pray for you. So just put your hand on your heart as we pray for you. Father, we thank you that where the word of a king is, there is power. Lord, help us to side with truth 
Help us to be a part of that church that is unbending in its uncompromising in its commitment to the Word of God. And Father, we pray that you would accompany us with the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that you've chosen us to live in this end time season and we can do it with victory. We can do it with power. We thank you, Father, you've given us your Word so we will know how to navigate these times. In Jesus' name, amen. Joel, this has been good. Very good. Thank you for answering all these questions. It's a privilege. And thank you for being with us. And again, remember that if you need prayer, we're here for you. And you can go online to get these resources. We're waiting for you to call or to give us a call. We'll see you tomorrow. But remember, Ecclesiastes 8.4, it says, Where the word of a king is, there really is power. This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.